It's called The Student. I think we have it on the screen, yeah? The Student. So how many students we have here in the house? Now, when you think of the word student, what comes to your mind? Work. Okay, so it's going to be a month of hard work. What else comes to your mind? Huh? Tuition. <laughs> well, the good thing is free. Woo! <laughs> Um, so, no, but there's a, a price to pay, and it's your life, you know. And who's our teacher? Jesus. God is our teacher. And this month, we're going to be starting uh, lessons from the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs, how many have read Proverbs in their life? Proverbs has 31 chapters. And I would encourage everyone that's here today to... This month, make that a challenge in your life. Every day that you can study the proverb of the day. So if today is November 4th, you can study Proverbs chapter 4. And make it as, as part of your life. Make it a habit. Okay, students? So how many students we have in the house? Why don't you shake the student next to you and tell them, wake up. Get ready. Now, at the end of our meeting, we would like to um, invite everyone. We have a special gallery of the students of Destiny Training. I don't know if we have any Destiny Training students in the house. Okay, why don't we give it up for them? And so you guys at the end, uh, through these doors over here, you guys are going to be able to see their beautiful faces. They're uh, preparing themselves to become the leaders of this time. Amen. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the beginning. The beginning. It's all about the foundation. Amen. So we're going to start, you know, from scratch and we're going to say, Lord, really give us strong foundations because we want to be those best disciples. We want to be... Those people that represent who you are here on earth. How many of you say amen? So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. I think I have it on the screens as well. And it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why don't you say that with me? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So this passage speaks to us about a principle. And something we need to grasp and really um, long to have in our hearts that is going to guard you, is going to keep you, is going to take you to have fruitfulness in every area of your life, and that's the, f the fear of God. Now, what is the fear of God? I'm going to start by sharing what is not, what the fear of God is not. And the first thing it's not is not natural fear. How many of you guys are scared of heights, of roller coasters? How many of you cannot go to any roller coaster? That's a natural fear. They say babies, when they're born, they're born with two types of fear. Fear of loud sounds or fear of falling. 
And so that's a natural fear that humans are born with. But that's not the fear of the Lord. Number two, it's not demonic fear. 1 Timothy 1.7 says that for we do not have the spirit of fear. For example, in my life I had to deal with that fear of speaking in public. And God called me to speak in public because that's how God works. But it, for a long time I had that spirit of fear. It was something that would paralyze me. But it wasn't God and it was a demonic spirit that would stop me from doing what God wanted me to do. But that's not the type of fear. So what, what is it then? What is the fear of the Lord? And as you guys are students this night on a Saturday night, you get your pens out, your notebooks. How many still have notebooks and pens? Old school. Give it up for Chio. Who else? <laughs> I think we have one notebook in the house. Woo! Anyone else has a notebook? Okay, one, two, three, four. Four notebooks. How many of you guys write on, on your iPhones? How many iPhones in the house? Woo! Millennials. Whoop, whoop. Samsungs. How many Samsungs? Anyone has a Samsung in the house? We got one Samsung and you're not ashamed of it. Good job. Good for you. Just kidding. Um, anyways, students. So students, get out your pens, your iPhones. Two words to help you learn what the fear of the Lord is. And we're going to look at the picture first. And I'm going to let you guys help me out. Oh, bummer. They say that they, they, they gave you the answer. Okay, it's okay. I changed it. Those are the two words. Woo! Shout of joy. So, awe and reverence. Now, let's look at the picture. Since you guys already know the words, it's going to be even better. It's a bit pixelated. Okay. Blurry picture. Awesome. What do you think it is? It's like a, an abstract picture. <laughs> no, but you kind of understand it, right? There's someone on the top of a cliff, and they're looking over a beautiful, it kind of looks like Florida, right? With lots of mountains, beautiful. But when this person stands there, and I don't know how many of you have ever been to mountains, and you see that, you get a sense of like, wow, you know, for sure there's a creator who created all of this. And it's just like you're captivated by it. That's the first sense. And we can describe that in that awe. Like you're like, wow, something heavenly here on earth and we can grasp it. But then the second word that I shared is reverence. And that comes with, for example, in this case of the picture, the person, you know, if they get close to the edge, what do you think happens inside their stomach? It creates like butterflies, right? That happens to me. Like if I go super close over the cliff, like you don't even want to think about it, but you're like, no, I'm going to stay here because you know what can happen. And Derek Prince shares this illustration to help us understand a little bit 
what the fear of the Lord is. Because it's when you experience the, the majesty of God that you say, man, God is real. And, you know, he reveals himself to you or to us in a moment of worship or in an encounter. I know we had people that just went to the encounter last week. And you experience that majestic presence of God and it just captivates you. My dad, when he had the, his encounter with Jesus, he was 18 years old. And nobody preached to him. He actually came to know Christ through an atheist who started attacking the Bible in, in a class. And he said, I've not only um, read the Bible, but I've also studied the Bible. And so God, the Holy Spirit, in, in the way he works, he used these words of this teacher. And that created in my father, uh, like, a, well, if this guy doesn't believe in God and he studied the Bible, well, why shouldn't I? And so he started studying the Bible for six months, just reading. He didn't understand a lot. But after six months, he said, God, you know what? If you're real, I want to come to know you. I want to meet you. And he said, tomorrow at 8 p.m. in my house, I'm going to be waiting for you. And I want you to, to come and encounter me. And so the next day, something my dad had was, um, you know, faith. I think that genuine faith and boldness. And so he went, he did this in prayer. The next day he was waiting, 6 p.m. came, 8 p.m. came, and then... It was that moment where he had a true encounter with God. And my dad shares that two things happened at that moment. The first thing is that his life was filled with a joy that he had never experienced before. He couldn't compare to anything. Um, he's lived with his friends, you know, with his family. It was a joy that was beyond something he had ever known. That was the first thing. And I think that was that, that awe, like that majestic moment that he encountered that true God in a personal way. But the second thing he felt, he felt like the only person at that moment on earth and that it was just God and himself and that there was no one else in the world. And he said he felt like the tiniest little being on earth and God being that, you know, God, the creator, but so holy that he wasn't worthy of his holiness. And he just cried before God's presence. He repented of all his sins. And that reverence came to him. Since that moment, my father was never the same. 18 years old. Today, I'm not sure how old he is. He's like 60-something. But since that moment, he's never looked back. He's, he changed completely because he had that true encounter with God. And that brought to him, to his life, that fear of the Lord. And I think it's something that this generation needs. It's something that this generation has lost. We ignore God. We, we kind of like put him aside. And there's a passage in Romans chapter 11, sorry, chapter 3, verse 11 through 18. I'm not going to read it. But it describes kind of like a generation without the fear of God. And so I'm going to read you guys some of the things it says. And I want you to kind of like 
make a contrast with our generation today. People you know, where, where you, when you go to school, the first thing it says is that no one understands or seeks God. And I think that speaks a lot of our generation. We kind of like ignore God, gone our ways, you know, randomly go to church. It says all have turned aside or ignore completely the word of God. And it's something we are losing nowadays, the putting value to scriptures, to what the word of God says. It says that the, their tongue is filled with bitterness, with curses, with deceit. And I think it's very similar of what we see today in media, in our generation, the, the way people talk. It's very similar. But uh, what's the root of all this? Verse 18, it says, there is no fear of God before their eyes. There's no fear of God. So we need, and the Holy Spirit wants to teach us, and he wants to tell us, if you want to be my student, if you want to allow God to fulfill the purpose of, that he has for you in your life, you need to long to have the fear of the Lord in your life. Amen? How many of you say amen? Amen. So how do we get to the place of having the fear of the Lord. And I think it starts with the first commandment, that you shall have no other gods before you. I think the fear of the Lord starts when you give God the honor he deserves, that he is the almighty God, your creator. And when you put him first in your life, that's kind of like a green light, that the fear of the Lord is in your life. How many of you say amen? Amen. Why don't you give it up for Jesus this, this night? And I think we need a generation like that. We need a, and I'm so happy to see a lot of young people that are getting to know God um, at this age because it's the best thing. And it's, what society needs, the answer to society is in the gospel, but we need people that live the gospel and have a passion for the gospel. And I know these people are here, amen? Now, how do we get to grow in the fear of God? And I love the book of Proverbs as you're going to start reading it, students. You're going to notice that God speaks in a very um, close, personal relationship. And he addresses... Um, his children, like my son, if you do this, my son, because he is our father. Why don't you tell the person next to you, you have a father. And he is your father. So how do we receive the fear of the Lord? We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 2. Verse 1. We're going to be reading verses 1 and to 5. And we have it. Maybe you can read it. If not, in your Bibles. So why don't we read it together if you have it. It says, my son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, 
and lift your voice for understanding if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Amen. Amen. So this passage is very practical. And God is telling you today, okay, students, get ready. Because I want to take you to a new level. Um, in the declaration of Pastor Caesar today, there's an example um, at the end. And it's about a little boy who the mom asks the boy, hey, can you see the plane? And the boy says, yes. And the mom asks him, how big is it? And the little boy answers, well, right now it's pretty small. But when he gets closer, the plane's going to go and grow bigger. And the example was that the same thing happens in our relationship with God. Many times we just have a vague, just very lightly knowledge of who God is. And we think he's this, you know, mean person in a chair ready to whip you if you misbehave. And maybe that's all we've known and that's our concept of who God is. But as you come closer and as you apply the words of God, God is going to start revealing himself to you in a personal way that you're going to say, man, God is amazing. He is, he is the, my creator, the one who knows me the most and the one who wants to lead me to live a life of victory. Amen. So we're going to learn three things. Say with me, three things. The first thing is to receive his words. Or there's another word that, that it says here. Treasure. Treasure God's words. So everybody say with me, treasure. Say it louder, treasure. Now, how many of you guys like to buy cheap things? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Forever 21. Ooh. <laughs> um, so the other day I went to H&M and they had like 20 pairs of earrings for like $6. And I was like, well, I need those. I'm going to buy them. So I bought them and they've lasted like two weeks because... I keep losing them, but they're cheap, so I don't really care. I just put them on the side. But then I have my, my wedding earrings, and those were not cheap, you know. They're special to me. And I had forgotten even that about those earrings. This week I found them, and I was like, oh, it brought memories. Five years. Um, but there, there is something of value, and there's something that, you put in a special safe place. You treasure them. And it's something similar that God is inviting us to do. He's saying, you know, treasure my word. Now, we all have access to the word of God, right? Nobody's going to get go in jail because you read the word of God. No, we all have that. You can go to, to the library. You can go to any hotel and open a drawer and there's a Bible there. That we have access to the word of God. The problem is we don't value the word of God. And God says, I want to reveal myself to you like I did to the great servants, great man and woman. But if you treasure my commandments within you. So say with me, treasure. 
Treasure means value. You, you show the value on something and the way you invest your time. And I think we have to invest our best. And our best is our, our youth years, our years of young age. Don't waste your, your years on things that are trash, but invest them and really seek God in his word. And he's going to reveal himself to you. The second thing it says, if you cry out for discernment, say with me, cry. Now, in order to cry, you need to use something. And what do you think you need to use? Very good. You guys are amazing students. Your mouth. Now, nobody else can use your mouth for you. Only you can use your mouth. And I think God is telling us, don't wait any longer. This is the time, you know. God is waiting to hear our cry. He's waiting for us. And it says, if you cry out for discernment. It's like if you see someone in danger in the river or in the ocean, you're not going to be like, oh, he's in danger. But you're going to cry out. And it's the same. In this time, it's like, Lord, we need you. Please come to our rescue. We cannot keep on going like this. And God is moved by the cry of his people. How many of you say amen? Amen. When I was meditating on this word, I remembered uh, the most difficult time in our lives as a family was after my dad in Colombia. That was many years ago, 20. I was 10 years old. I'm 30, 31. And my dad got shot five times. He was preaching at church. We were going to my sister's birthday and on the way to her birthday a uh, bicycle with two guys came and started shooting at my dad at my mom we were all in the car with a lot of cousins um, the Colombian way 10 people in a five seat car um, and anyways that day you know everything happened so quickly but the memory I have from those, my dad was in a coma for 10 days. And the memory I have from those moments was my mom. My mom, even though she got shot, she was okay. You know, she was able to be with us. We were in a hotel for those 10 days. And everything was like chaos. We're like, what's going on, you know. But my mom did something in those 10 days. And she did what this verse says. She cried out to God. Um, for the life of my dad and she was like it was a cry that it was in her secret place you know it wasn't like she was a church screaming no it was it was so personal but so sincere and she knew the life of her husband depended on on the way she cried out and God heard her you know he heard her our prayers my many people prayed in the church and we're so thankful but we've seen the power of prayer and I truly believe prayer changes everything there's moments in our lives where we feel confused um, where the things of the world wants to hinder us wants to pull us back maybe sin but in those moments I want to encourage you pray go to your secret place and open your mouth because there's no limit God doesn't exclude people. He invites everyone. The only thing you need is faith. Faith and believing in your heart that your prayer can move the hand of God. Amen. So it says if you cry out, 
So say with me, treasure. Say it louder, treasure. Now say, cry out. And the last thing, to, to reach that place of the fear of God, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. We need to understand that God doesn't put everything out in the open, but he has treasures. And those treasures are reserved for those who seek him, who pay a price. So yes, there is a price to pay. Maybe, you know, seeking God is going to demand you giving up other things, you giving up friendships, you changing uh, lifestyle in your life. But it's because you're seeking that. And if you seek, the Bible says, if you seek, you are going to find. How many of you say amen? So, and then it ends, then you will discern or you will know or, or you will come to that fear of God in your life. And that's going to protect you. That's going to guard you, not only you, but if you get married, it's going to protect your family. You're going to be a person of integrity because you know you have to give account to God one day. But you don't do it out of fear, but you do it out of that personal relationship he's so real to you every day and he speaks to you and he changes you amen and so the fear of the Lord it's the beginning of knowledge and the word I just want to finish by reading out three promises for you guys if you take this to your heart of the fear of God Proverbs 10 27 the fear of the Lord prolongs days the years of the wicked will be shortened. So the first thing is you're going to have a long life. Everybody say with me, long life. But a happy life, a life that you enjoy. You know, a life that is pleasing. Number two, it says Proverbs 10, 27. Sorry, Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. So... You're going to even, regardless of what happens outside, there's going to be a confidence. And that speaks of security, of peace. You know, if it wasn't for the fear of God, I think we would be the most fearful family in the world. I think if we would hear a bike coming around us, we'd be like, ah, or we would never be in Colombia. But the fear of the Lord sets you free and brings confidence that you know you dwell in the hand of God. You are secure in his hand. And there's that peace. And the last verse, if you can write it down, is super complete. It's for our lives. Proverbs 19.23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited by evil. So it speaks of life. It speaks of being satisfied, that you're going to be like, Lord, enough. Don't bless me anymore. You know, I'm full. Stop it. And then he's going to guard you from, you will not be visited by evil. There's a protection. There's a mark of blessing on those who fear the Lord. How many of you say amen? Amen. So I'm going to invite us to, to stand together to finish. Um. And why don't we as a church just have a moment of revering who God is. Of, of telling him, Lord, we don't want to put you as number three, number four, number five. 
we want to give you the first place in our lives. And maybe it's the first time you're here in this church. Or maybe it's been a while since you came to church. But I tell you, it's never too late. God is always waiting for us. And he's making that invitation. He's saying, you know, come, my son, my children, listen to me. So why don't we pray? Why don't you put your hands, your hand in your heart. Maybe let's worship God with this song and then we'll have a, a time of prayer. in the Bible in Psalms 81 it says hear oh my people oh Israel if you would listen to me let there be no strange God among you nor shall you worship any foreign God I the Lord am your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt open your mouth wide 
and I will fill it. I think God today is making us an invitation to examine who is our God? Who are we living for? Who are we serving? Are we playing the, the church, church life of coming once a week, but we're far from God? And I think the fear of the Lord starts with that. And, and today is an opportunity to say, God, we want to give you the first place. God, we don't deserve your grace, your mercy, but thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for Jesus. And so today, there's an invitation open for us. If you want to give God that first place, if you want to humble yourself before you, if you want to tell him, Lord, here I am, come and encounter me. Just like this young man at 18 years old with that simple faith, he said, Lord, if you are real, come, reveal yourself to me. Today, God is making that invitation. And I want to invite those people that, that want to come back to God, that want to give God their first place in their lives. I want you to come forward to the altar as a sign of surrender, as a sign of, of humility, as a sign of being sons, allowing your Father, your Creator, God, to lead you because he's right here because he wants to encounter you and so Lord today let us come let us draw near you come and encounter us God we need you Lord we need you God open our ears to who you are and as this song plays I know God's going to speak to some of you. Maybe you've been in church for a long time, but you know you're far from God. Let the fear of God today come to your life.